This is episode 645 of the AWS podcast, released on December 11th, 2023. Welcome back to the AWS podcast. I'm your host for today, Jillian Ford. And if you've always been curious about what graph databases are, or if you're already using a graph database and you want to learn some exciting things that are happening with Neptune, Neptune Analytics in particular, then this is the episode for you because I've got an expert on this topic. Denise is here to talk about fun things in the Neptune world. So Denise, why don't you introduce yourself to the folks listening here today? Absolutely, Jillian. It's so great to meet you. My name is Denise Gosnell. I'm a product manager here on the AWS Neptune team but I'm no stranger to graph databases. I have been working with them for almost a decade, including my PhD in graph data science. And I am just completely honored to get to be a part of the launch of Neptune Analytics and very excited to get to talk with you about it here today. Super cool. I mean, graph data science, I'm sure there's people who are like, whoa, graphs, data science. I don't know what graphs are. So let's start there for people who are not familiar. What is a graph database? A graph database is a way to represent the relationships or the connections that exist between data. So Jillian, the best way to think about this, I think, is imagine that you're building like a social network application and you wanna list out your friends. So you're gonna open up a spreadsheet and you're gonna write down your friends. And then you need to list out the friends of your friends. So now maybe you go across in the columns, but it blows up when you try to write the friends of your friends of your friends because rows and columns are just not shaped for tracking the connections and relationships in data. And that's where a graph database comes in. It is architected and graph databases are optimized for modeling those relationships so that you can represent them in a computer and then work with them in different algorithms and different query languages and all of the really fun items that graph database people like me love to do. I love that use case. And I'm sure there's probably a ton of other use cases that you're seeing that people are using graph databases for. So can you share some more? Absolutely. On the Amazon Neptune team, we've got four main ways that our customers are using our graph database. And the most popular one that everyone's talking about these days is called a knowledge graph. And it's where you just want to represent the main entities or the main people, companies, the items that are in your data. You want to represent them and then the connections between them. So you have an idea of who, what, where, when, and why about the data that you have. So that would be a knowledge graph. And that's the most popular way that people use Amazon Neptune today. The second most popular way that they use Amazon Neptune is for doing something that we would call an identity graph where you would want to represent maybe Jillian's identity and the cell phone that you might be using or the laptop, just connecting the different pieces about who you are as you interact with data into one view. And that would be like an identity graph. The third way is for fraud, where we see that the creativity of a fraud solution is only bound by the creativity of the fraudsters themselves. So when you are looking at the relationships and the patterns that come across in your data as a graph. That's one of the best ways to stay on top of the fraudster and those the behaviors that they're trying to learn as they go around your systems. And then the fourth most popular way that people use Amazon Neptune today is for security graphs, like Wiz, who uses Amazon Neptune to represent the massive network that would exist across all of your devices. And you can find maybe security vulnerabilities or make other recommendations for mitigations in your network to prevent different types of attacks. So those are the four ways that people are using graph databases today with Amazon Neptune. Wow, that's so amazing. And I'm sure 
from people hearing about all those different use cases, they're probably just like really wondering, wow, like when is it that I would actually use a graph database? One of the telltale signs that I have seen for the customers I've worked with around the world on when to decide to use a graph database is to look at your relational queries and to see how many joins you have. It tends to be one of the best ways to start to find where that graph problem exists in the data that you have already in your system. So if you've got that SQL query that has a bunch of joins, it's incredibly slow, that's a good hint that a graph database is gonna be better for you. I'm sure you just spoke to the crowd right now because there's like, everyone's probably using a relational database and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm a security company. I actually should be using a graph database instead for my fraud use case or whatever. So super cool that there is what your it is that your team's working on. So now let's get into Amazon Neptune. So what actually is Amazon Neptune? Amazon Neptune is Amazon's managed graph database. And Amazon Neptune is really great for developers and application builders who need a fast and reliable graph database. You can use it to store, say, hundreds of billions of edges, and you can make about 10,000 or so interactive graph database queries with millisecond latency. And so Jillian, in my world, what I see that as is that a Neptune database is really great when you need to process small amounts of graph data. So maybe Jillian, you wanna look up who the friends of your friends are in this social network app that we're building. That's a really great way, really great type of query to use for a Neptune graph database. Interesting, so you said small use cases or small amounts of data, but there's something that's really exciting that your team launched recently, Neptune Analytics. So tell everyone about Neptune Analytics. Neptune Analytics is a new analytics engine for Amazon Neptune, and it makes it much faster and easier for data scientists and application developers as well to make decisions and really to discover insights about their graph data. Neptune Analytics is built for massive amounts of graph data. So we're talking about needing to map to analyze that entire social network in this app that you're kind of building up in your mind at this moment. So to contrast that from Neptune databases, when you're using Neptune Analytics and using its analytics engine, you wanna think about times when you need to understand something about the full network that you're looking at. So you could have a massive social network and you want to understand who are the most influential people that's when you would maybe want to run PageRank, a really popular graph algorithm. Or if you're building up those identity graphs that we talked about earlier, you might want to know, well, what are all of the pieces of Jillian that we've ever seen before? And that's when you would do something in Graphland that we would call connected components, aka tell me everything that's connected to Jillian and then tell me everything that's connected to Denise as one little component. So those are different ways to maybe think about when you need to study the full structure of your graph. And those are great times and great types of problems to use Neptune Analytics and the Analytics Engine for. Interesting. So let's make sure that we're all on the same page. So we've got Neptune, and that's for smaller sets of data. You said Neptune Analytics, a lot of data. Is there anything that's missing that you'd want to call out of when someone should use Neptune Analytics versus Neptune Database? The way I like to think about this problem is that Amazon Neptune is the umbrella service. It's the brand of doing graph analytics and graph technology with Amazon. So as we've talked about Neptune databases, they're going to be a fully managed graph database service that's great for the high availability and the dynamic scalability that you would need for a database. 
Whereas Neptune Analytics is a really great service for having an analytical engine that's going to support graph algorithms, some low latency algorithmic queries, and then also vector similarity search over your graph data as well. So whenever you need to think about building that mission critical application, you're going to want to use a database. Whenever maybe you need to analyze and study the structure of your graph or something, or kind of run a computation over your whole graph, that's going to be a time when you want to use the analytics engine, Neptune Analytics. You can use them together because you might be running your operational graph, like the social network app you're building, but then on the side, you need to study something about it. Like maybe there's an emerging social group that you want to study. You want to understand the change of influence over time. And that's when you would want to use Neptune Analytics to analyze the structure of the data that's sitting in your Neptune database. This is so fascinating. So let's talk about a real use case. We've gone into the theory of when you could use it. Can you give us an example of a customer that has been using Neptune Analytics? Getting to talk about the customers who are using Neptune Analytics is one of my favorite topics, Jillian, so you might have to pause me on this one. <laughs> uh, so there's three different ways that we are seeing our customers use Neptune Analytics. The first most popular way they're using it, we're calling ephemeral workloads. This is the canonical way that you see data science teams want to load a data set, study something about it, and then turn off the service. That's the best way to use Neptune Analytics. So you can load your data directly into the engine, run some algorithms, maybe run some queries that are going to calculate the structure of something of interest, and then you can turn it off. For one of the large media companies that we're working with, the data science team found that it was much easier to operate their pipelines by spinning up their graph, running their analysis, and then turning it off. Gave them a lower total cost of operation for that type of workflow, and then also just made it a lot easier. The second way that our customers have been using Neptune Analytics has been for augmenting their feature stores. Something really fascinating, Jillian, that we have seen come up over the early access program that we've been running. So there's a ton of machine learning engineers out there who have feature tables that they're using to do live predictions and services across every industry, right? And you're always wanting to squeeze out a little bit more accuracy from that machine learning model. Well, one way you can do it is by adding in maybe some type of analytic that represents the graph structure into that feature table. So we have a really large social network company that is using Neptune Analytics to maybe or to do friend recommendations. And what they're doing is they're calculating for every different person in the social network. They're kind of calculating a little bit of a graph analytic about the friends of their friends and storing it in their feature table so that you have friend recommendations that are much better in the live application. And then the third way that our customers have been using Neptune Analytics so far have been by combining vector search with knowledge graphs, which is a fascinating world to dive into. Our customers are telling us that they love the ability to use implicit and explicit similarity search together. So let me break that down. When I say implicit similarity search, I'm talking about using embeddings. I'm talking about that vector similarity search that everyone has been very interested in working with these days. That's representing data into a vector and trying to implicitly say what is similar to this vector according to everything else in the database. When you combine that with a knowledge graph, which represents explicit similarity, it's structured that you are connected to this person or that this person has a known connection to another piece of data. That's like an explicit representation of similarity. And so by bringing together implicit and explicit similarity with vector searches and knowledge graphs into one type of use case, our customers are doing some pretty interesting things like discovering new drugs 
for tr new treatments for different human conditions. You can kind of encode proteins with knowledge graphs and then discover new ways to treat human conditions. You also can maybe think of different ways that a large online retailer is concerned about pirated material. And maybe you want to take some known pirated material, search for other similar material, and then look at the knowledge graph to maybe find patterns of how sellers and buyers are listing malicious pirated material and purchasing it on this website. There's some really fascinating ways to look at how you'd combine vector similarity search and knowledge graphs together. And that's the third way that our customers have been using Neptune Analytics. My job is awesome because I get to talk to these customers every day and learn about all of these new ways that they're using it. And I could go on about this forever, Jillian. We, we, we've got tons of stories. I'm sure people here are just like super fascinated. I am. And I think a lot of the people who are graph curious, as we'd like to say, are like, whoa, I've been using a relational database. I had no idea that I should be using a graph database instead. So this is super cool. And there were some themes that you were saying in your answers that I definitely want to get into. So the first is, how do you actually use Neptune Analytics if you're not using a database? Absolutely. Great question, Jillian. To use Neptune Analytics, there's two ways. First, if you have a Neptune database, you can create a graph with Neptune Analytics and you can connect it to your Neptune database. And it's just going to automatically ETL all of your data in so you can start to analyze it. You don't have to write any other pipelines. It's just going to work with your existing Neptune DB. It's great. But for the graph curious people out there, which I think is a much larger group of people, there's a much easier way to get started. And all you would have to do is to put your graph structure data in an S3 bucket and Neptune Analytics can read that data and bring it directly into the engine from S3. And then you can start running graph algorithms, low latency analytical queries, or performing vector similarity search if you had those embeddings already trained in your data. So for me, or for the graph curious folks out there, being able to load your data directly from S3 and in, into an incredibly fast engine, do your analysis and then spin it down is a really great way to get started with your graph journey and learning if graphs are gonna be useful for your data. That is so cool. And I definitely hope that people who are curious really get started and we'll talk about that at the end. So I gotta get back into a topic you brought up. So you're talking about AI and everyone's favorite AI topic of the day about generative AI. So why should someone use Neptune Analytics for generative AI applications? When you're working with generative AI applications, Using a graph to model the explicit relationships of what is related to what is a really great way to provide grounded information when you are building a Gen AI app. So a lot of folks out there what have been working within Gen AI applications, they've seen that there's a problem with hallucinations or incorrect answers. And one way that you can use Neptune Analytics to build a Gen AI app is to combine the power of vector similarity search, but then add the context of explicit knowledge modeled in your knowledge graph to your response so that you can understand exactly the facts that are supporting the answer and maybe some additional context that would give you another idea for generating anything else. I mean, the world's your oyster at that point on what you would want to build. But I, I think it really comes down to that combination of modeling explicit and implicit similarity that we were talking about earlier and how bringing those two together provide a much more powerful response for Gen AI applications and then also can provide that grounded truth as well. Interesting. So does that mean that a customer would still need a vector database with Neptune Analytics? No. 
you can do vector similarity search with Neptune Analytics, but Neptune Analytics is not just a vector database. It doesn't just have vector similarity search. If you have a more multifaceted application or you need to do more with your data than just do a K nearest neighbor search, using Neptune Analytics is a really great choice because you have that full power and flexibility of a GraphDB right there with your vector similarity search. I've never been more fired up about graph databases and graph analytics in my life. This is so cool. And I'm sure a lot of people are who had no idea what a graph database was and graph analytics were before. So for the graph curious that are listening and they're like, how do you suggest to them how they can actually get started to run graph queries? To get started, I would recommend two things. First, I would recommend if you are really curious about just trying to explore if graphs are useful for your data, I would go learn how to represent the nodes and relationships into uh, one of the popular open source file formats that graphs support. Really, at the end of the day, is just making a CSV of your vertices or your nodes, and then making a CSV of your edges or your relationships. Throw that in S3. And then the second thing I'd recommend is to spin up Neptune Analytics. When you spin up Neptune Analytics, there's a whole world of Jupyter Notebooks that we provide, which show you how to use our graph magics to load data directly from S3. And then we teach you how to use different algorithms and what those algorithms mean with your data. We walk you through how to make open Cypher queries and really just how to use this. So then you can swap in your data and use our templates to get started. So that's how I would recommend you get started. Awesome. And then for the folks listening who are using Neptune and how do they get started? Even better. If you're already using Neptune to get started, all you need to do is create a Neptune analytics graph and then point it and connect it to the ARN of your Neptune cluster. And it's going to automatically ETL the data into Neptune analytics. And you'll find those same notebooks. You'll walk through, you can use all the notebooks to show you how to use the algorithms, what they mean, how to interpret them in your data, how to write different open cipher queries that are analytical. And that would be a very easy way to start analyzing the data that sits in your Neptune cluster with the analytics engine. This is so cool. And I hope some people who are using a relational database and they are sitting here and realizing, wow, I actually should be using a graph database or I should really be using graph analytics are inspired and start using this. This is awesome. Denise, thank you so much for being here on the AWS podcast. Jillian, I am so grateful for this conversation and for getting to meet you today. I'm very excited to uh, see what else our customers are going to build with Neptune Analytics because it has definitely been very exciting to be working with them so far. Oh, I'm excited too.